0: us in let's let's rock the casbah
1: (laughs) and welcome one and all to a new episode of the shadow initiative paranormal talk we are your hosts ghost hunters and authors myself rick hale and joining me as always is stephen lancaster good morning stephen how's it going man
0: good morning my great great friend And cohort in this journey known as Shadow Initiative.
1: You like that word the other day, cohort.
0: Cohort, yes. And, you know, just to clear up some uh, confusion right out the gate here, um, guys, gals, shadows, uh, you you can get us anywhere. Um, There was a little bit of confusion. We have switched uh, distributors, but that doesn't mean anything. To you guys out there in society, that just means we switched distributors. We found a better distributor um, that works better with what we want to do. But we're still on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, everywhere, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find podcasts. And with that being said, those of you who um, strictly just listen to us as a podcast, this is available Um, In a visual version, we call Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. You can watch our podcast. You can watch us actually doing it um, on YouTube at the Label 13 video channel. Um, We we tend to post the videos on our Facebook page anyway, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. So just to clear up that confusion, we haven't quit the show. You can still find the show shadowinitiativetv.com dot takes you everywhere you need to be. um We just switched distributors, so
1: thank you for clearing that up for us, steven It was yeah,
0: I do what I can.
1: Amazingly boring. So, <laughs> so hey, you know we have got a great show lined up for everybody today. Kind of previewed it on our page. Yes, I know I owe you another five dollars. But first off, before I get to that, I want to say, man, our community of shadows is growing.
0: It is growing, man. I'm very, very excited about that. And you know, and again, just to remind ourselves and the people out there, we haven't even been doing this show for two years. And even with that being said, doing it for a year and a half, um, we don't do this every day. You know, we we do the podcast once a week or once every two weeks or or whenever we can fit it in. And uh, we're very grateful. Um, for you guys, because for for a couple of nobodies, really, that just came out of the woodwork with a podcast, um, we's killing it, Rick.
1: <laughs> we's killing it, yeehaw! Yeah, so it's like we're we're really grateful, really thankful to you. You know, I mean, just just a couple months ago, we found out out of thousands, literally thousands of podcasts, we're actually number five number five that was like the most out of left field thing i think i've ever encountered in my life but and that's all because of you our community of shadows thank you so much for everything that you um that you've helped us accomplish yes
0: with that being said now rick you did allude to the fact we have a great show today so what is this great show going to be about
1: and I know I owe you five dollars for that. Yes, you I mean, did. It, I'm I'm really really in debt here. I'm I'm going to have to look at thesaurus.com and find out you know something else to use. But anyways, so first off, you know, there's a really big controversy concerning whether or not you should take money in the paranormal field. Um, so we're going to be you know taking a look at that today. You and I were both authors. Uh, we're both professional writers. Um, so we're going to kind of get into that a little bit more and, you know, being on television and that kind of thing, um, which I know you have, cause you never, you know, shut up about it. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that, whether or not it's ethical in ghost watch, we're going to be taking a look at the hauntings and fairy lore of Bramall hall in the United kingdom. Then we're going to take a road trip out to the Ozarks and hunt the elusive Ozark howler. On a creature of the week, this is a weird one, man, because it's had very few sightings, but people claim to hear it more often than not. And you know, it's it's a sound that just doesn't fit with the rest of the Ozarks. Thus, um, the name. The Ozark howler, exactly. <laughs> the howler. And on this week's uh, news of the weird, <laughs> we got one that's really weird. Now, Stephen, I know that you are familiar with the old rhyme. Beans, me beans—the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. I mean, I'm sure with your maturity level, you still say it, but um, or still sing it as you're farting. But yeah, we're gonna find out how a internet influencer—I love that that term—internet influencer um, learned the hard way that beans aren't always the magical fruit. So yeah, that is coming your way on today's. Shadow Initiative, Paranormal Talk, and TV. And
0: it's such a fantastic story, too. Once we start throwing pictures up of this chick, and, you know, there, there's so much commentary that that I, I'm, I'm overloaded, man. I'm overloaded.
1: Mm-hmm. But before we get to all of that, um, and Stephen, this is going to be new to you because I have not shared this with you because this just actually came across my email. Um, exclusive to this show... Um, a few weeks ago, well, actually about a month ago now, my son and I, we had a sighting in our town and my son took a video of that. And we took that video and sent it to a couple of different people, including MUFON, the Mm -hmm. UFO network, which was, you know, considering the fact that, you know, some, some things that have happened in MUFON lately, I was really reluctant to do that. But I sent it anyways and got an answer back from a guy named Brandon Burton. And he's Mm -hmm. actually doesn't live too far from us. Took a look at the video, investigated it, and uh, here's what he found. They don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know what it is. It could be as they, you know, the new term is UAP or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. I actually prefer to go old school and use UFO, Unidentified Flying Object. Um, He says that it could be a UAP. Okay, cool. With a question mark there at the end. Um, But there was a plane that was in the area at the time. Um, You've seen the video. I've obviously seen the video. I've watched it dozens of times now. Um, I can't say that I'm not disappointed because I am because what my son and I saw was not an airplane by any means. I mean, I get that, you know, that of course, you know, there's airplanes that appear off in the distance and they reflect light, but this did not move like an airplane. Um, So I I just want to say, you know, thank you to Brandon for taking a look at that. Um, It's nice that it could be a UAP, but it could also be a plane. You know, Stephen, you, as an investigator and a guy who is like a huge a v nerd, what do you think? Do you think it could be an airplane?
0: Um, well, yeah, of course. I mean, it could yeah. be. Uh, the The one thing you've got going for you is you absolutely have no skills at video editing. <laughs> So, no one is ever going to accuse Rick Hale of faking something in a video. He can barely work a fucking camera. You know what I'm saying? So, just no. Um, that's the first thing. Because I, I, I say that because I can. And I have to deal with that. It's like a blessing and a curse. You know, I'm really good at video production. Well, of course, somebody's going to think, well, he could just fake this, which I could absolutely i could make something damn convincing Mm -hmm. but you know we're talking about you so you know looking at this thing like like i said before um that's what makes these things so difficult is there's nothing you can hold in your hand and examine there's nothing you can go back to to look for some kind of residue or anything left over it's not a a crash site or a landing site you know this is just something that that you and your son witnessed in the air and he filmed it. And you, you just gotta look at it and wonder. It it's just one of those pieces of evidence you will never have a definitive answer on. Um, I think it's captivating. I, I think it's you know, you watch it and you see it disappear. And and yeah, I agree with you that it moves in a way that isn't isn't an airplane, at least something that we know. Uh So, yes, it's going to remain unidentified because it can't be identified. But like anything that's aerial, there's always other possibilities. And it's just it's uh, in this entire field. It's probably the toughest thing to come to a conclusion on or investigate. You know, it's not like a house that you can keep going in and out of and researching, you know, that, that allegedly has paranormal activity. You know, that's something you can examine and and study. This is just one of those things. You know, it's tough, man.
1: Well, it's like I said, you know, on a previous show that I can look at a ghost or see a picture of a ghost and analyze the shit out of it. Or I see it with my eyes and be like, I'm willing to say that is a ghost. Like completely. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've, you know, my, the first ghost that I ever saw was, was the ghost of Mrs. McNett in my grandparents' house. And then I saw this amazing apparition manifest right in front of me at a house in Waukegan, Illinois. I can look at these things and say, that is a ghost, but I can't look at this and say that is an alien craft. I don't know exactly what that is, but one thing I do know that it wasn't, it was not an airplane that I am willing to go on record as saying yeah
0: and I, I've had had my share of experiences with with unidentified objects. um the biggest one I remember, uh, I think I was about sixteen and I, and I was uh, traveling towards a town called Frostburg, um uh, which is in Maryland. It's back towards my hometown. And I remember looking uh, I was passing a golf course and and I remember looking over this golf course and seeing these three lights. they were mm-hmm. were triangular. And they were moving in like just weird circle patterns, and then all three triangles came and connected, and then it was gone,
1: which is something that is commonly seen.
0: Yes, and this was like ninety three, I think nineteen ninety three. So this was before having a cell phone to be able to do anything. I had my notebook with me, the 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 uh, the notebook that you you were always jealous of that I've kept. You know that was my first you know, this is what I logged all of my original research on when I first started in this field. So I drew it out, you know, I drew out the the triangles and drew out exactly what I saw right there at the side of the road, because that's how we did it back in the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't have all this uh, really awesome equipment that we have nowadays that we had to, you know, basically rely on our senses and, you know, things like 35 millimeter cameras and, you know, and tape recorders, but you know what, there's something else that I want to cover here real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Are you serious with those big gulps that are sitting next to you?
0: Look, okay. I am getting sick of having to justify myself to everybody. I come in contact with about these big
1: gulps. I mean, good Lord, man. What kind of pop you got in there? That's That's diet, diet soda. Diet soda, okay.
0: but you know, look, okay, I, I, I'm on blood pressure medicine. I'm on mm-hmm. hypertension medicine. Every medication that I am on,
1: which those pops are great for that,
0: is a downer. You know what I'm saying? They, they they slow me down. I can't be slowed down. I cannot. Literally, I'm not exaggerating, Rick. You want to talk about something paranormal? I will get up five six o'clock in the morning, drink a two liter before seven o'clock. And then it's getting these. Dude, I am constant. Because that's a, one of the side effects of the med- medication is they one of them has a diuretic in it. Okay. And that dehydrates you. Mm, right. So I am constantly consuming mm. fluid. And with that, I'm using to my benefit, I am trying to beat the Guinness World Record for the longest pee. <laughs> so I'm in training.
1: It's not all for nothing. Okay, all right, fair enough, man. How I long think- do you think that is? Um, I don't know, but I remember the guy in Revenge of the Nerds, man. I think it was Ogre. Remember how he just yeah. like stood in front? Of- Booger. <laughs> no, it was Ogre. It was ogre. It was- oh, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was in Bloodsport too.
1: Two or three minutes of that, but um, yeah. So hey, good luck with those uh, big gulps, buddy.
0: Well, the record is eight minutes. An eight minute. An P. eight minute pee. I. You know, the uh, I, fact that Guinness even documents this kind of thing, you know, is
1: kind of weird. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's the wonder of our world around us at Infinite. Eight-minute P is a wonder. So be it. Word. Well, with that being said, Rick, what do you want to jump into here, man? Well, you know, I'm interested in talking about taking money in the paranormal. Who is it? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but yeah, there's we all like making money we all like you know having something come in to help pay our bills but there's this thing in the paranormal land as we like to call it here at the shadow initiative in paranormal land that people have come to the conclusion that it is somehow unethical to take any kind of money for anything that we do and you and I Steven we're both authors we're both professional writers we both make money with what we do so how is that different from say um this family asking us to come to their home home because they think that it's you know infested by demonic (laughs) organisms i guess how is that any different you know how do you separate the two How, how is it any different
0: well, you know, I think God, we're we're gonna go a while on this because there's so many aspects to cover. I think this shouldn't be a mass; it shouldn't even be up for debate. It, this should be an individual choice. Sure. If a client is offering you money for your service and you take it, that does not make you a bad person. Look, I will tell you, I have spent more money to research the paranormal than I have ever made on it. Right. Okay. And and when you really break it down, you know, especially when I was back at my peak with my team, you know, as well as everybody else, I traveled everywhere, Mm -hmm. everywhere. So this was three, four day weekends, you know, sometimes two weeks at a location that, that costs lodging, you know, that your travel expenses, food, not to mention your gear, Batteries and everything that you need for a particular investigation.
1: Batteries that's, are fucking expensive. Yes,
0: man. that that is all out of pocket. Now, there's a difference between being paid for your service and profiting from it. You know, if and I've had clients do this, the, if they want to cover the what it's going to cost me. To, let's say, drive to your town in Virginia and investigate your house for a few days, and they want to cover all that cost. I'm completely fine with that. Yes. you know, it's me saying no, it's going to be five thousand dollars. You know that that's that's a kind of a bit bit wrong. But again, it's 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 up to the individual, I think, you know, this community that I will never be a part of uh, in the paranormal they tend to, to, to think that, Oh, you can't make money. I think that's bullshit. I think most of the time, 90% of the time the people saying it are the very people that would do it. They're just not getting the opportunity to.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, let's, okay. Let's take a look at the television shows, for example. I mean, do you think that Zach and the rest of them are going to all of these places and offering their services for free? Hell no, man. From what I understand, Zach makes like a million dollars an episode. Easily. easily, easily. million dollars. So it's like, there, there is no way that you could think that you can't write books or you can't do documentaries or you can't have your YouTube videos and YouTube pages go viral and you start making money. That is unthinkable. However, with that being said, As like, you know, a regular investigator like myself, for example, I've never been on television. Yes, I sell the occasional book and, you know, make a, you know, a a little bit of change and, you know, jingle jingle in my pocket from that. But um, I don't don't think that I would go to somebody's house because I've actually had people say, well, how much is this going to cost me? And it's like, well, it's not going to cost you anything because I'm not going to charge you because i i see it as a privilege being asked to come into your home and investigate it however i may not charge them but if they were to offer a you know a donation you know we, your your gas costs this much the batteries cost this much you know whatever um i'm not going to say no right?
0: right right and that's the thing you know way, way back decades ago, that was, that was my biggest struggle. It was, okay, how do I finance what I want to do for a living? How do I finance my passion here? You know, it's no different than, Hey, you're a musician and you want to make money playing music. That's what you love to do. So you Sell your songs on iTunes, or you know you charge tickets at you know at the bar or whatever. you know it's it's no different than a a uh, a psychologist that you're paying a lot of money to for nothing more than an opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's what we give people. You know, and to an extent, we give them more than that. You know, if there is something there, yes, they're getting our opinion, but they're also getting evidence. They're getting audio recordings, video recordings, all this stuff that again costs us money to do. So I, you know, it's almost you know, part of me, Rick, thinks that if it w- if it was normalized, if it was a normalized business that you had to get an LLC for, or or, or you know, incorporate in some way, pay taxes on. I think it would ultimately be a great thing because it would weed out all the dumb fucks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you're paying for a service. I'm going to give you that service. You know, and I think it would weed out all the dumb shits out there trying to be Zach Baggins. But when we talk about um, fucking making money, you know, I can remember an argument I had with my team two decades ago. You know, they're like, yeah, man, but you know, it's costing me money to come with you to do this, that, and the other thing. And that, that was the main reason I started Monster Vision TV. Ad revenue. Okay, okay guys, right. we do Monster Vision TV. We take the and during its peak, I I was banking about fourteen hundred dollars a month just from YouTube. But that fourteen hundred dollars a month put my crew up in hotels, you know, yeah. covered our gas, covered our equipment, new cameras, whatever we were trying to do. You know, so I don't, I don't see a problem in that, you know, but we got in a big argument because I was a published author. I was releasing books and they're like, well, you're making money on this, but I'm not stopping you write a damn book, write a book, struggle, work, try to get it, get it published. You know, nobody is stopping you. You know, when I did the TV spots and stuff, do it, you know, go, I'm not stopping anybody from doing this. You know, it, I think it's the people that complain the most, are. it's really all rooted in jealousy. Now, I think there's a lot of uh, charlatans out there.
1: That's kind you, of what I wanted to go with.
0: You know, thing. the psychics and the mediums and, hey, you know, $30 for a reading and this, that, and the other thing.
1: But at the same time,
0: mm-hmm. at the same time, people look at me like I'm an idiot for putting $100 into a vintage Batmobile. And, you know, to them, I am an idiot. But I enjoy having that Batmobile sit over there. I enjoy having it part of my collection. And that's all that matters. So if so-and-so is going to get a psychic reading from Madam whoever, and they're satisfied and happy, who cares? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if if I pay you, Rick, if I say, look, Rick, I'm going to pay you $500 come investigate this place. You know, I know it's going to cost you. So here's 500 bucks. You investigate it.
1: I was willing to do it. What's the problem? Right. You know, and, and, but I wanted to go back to, you know, how you were talking about charlatans, but cause yes, of course, there have always been um, fakers in this field. I mean, this, I mean, this is going back to the days of spiritualism. All this is, is just a new age of spiritualism with batteries. That's, that's all this really is. perfect. Right. I think that's a pretty good characterization of where we're currently at, but let's talk about hoaxing. You know, if it's like you go into somebody's home, but you really don't find anything, but you know, you're getting paid for it. I think that there's, that there's going to be people that are, they're going to um, create, you know, video, or audio or hopes a picture just so that they have something to give their paying client. Do you think that there is like a, um, a possibility of that happening?
0: Uh, there's not a possibility. It happens. Yeah. It, t- which TV show you want me to start with?
1: Uh, pick one. You
0: know pick what pick I'm our- saying? Yeah. The, uh, every single one of those shows is fake. And I get so pissed off because you have these genuine families that that are worried about something or worried about their child or whatever. And you got these shows go in and exploit that. they 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 mock them. they 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 exploit their beliefs and use it against them and use it to profit. Every one of these shows are snake oil salesmen. and, and that that's the that's the funny part is they need the very audience that they're taking advantage of.
1: Right. Well, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, of course, it's, it, there's always going to be um, immoral, unethical people. So it's like, is there a way to police this in our field? I, I really don't think that there is because I, I can, I you know, in in a in an area the size of the Chicagoland area where I'm from, I mean, you, you live out in the backwoods of Beulahville, South Carolina, but here in the Chicagoland area, I can go out on my back porch, throw a rock and literally hit a hundred or more paranormal groups. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to police that kind of thing. So how do you keep people uh, being ethical, being moral in this and, and doing the right thing? I, I don't think that's possible.
0: I don't think it is either. And then then you have the other side of the spectrum as well, you know, where where you've got uh, paranormal researchers, ghost hunters like you and me that are going to give it honest to people. Mm -hmm. So let's say uh, the millers down the street ask you and me to come investigate their house and they say, look, we're going to give you a thousand dollars to do it. That should cover all your expenses, blah, blah, blah. And we do it Mm -hmm. and we find nothing we actually disprove everything the footsteps they heard in the attic was a squirrel you know whatever we disprove everything right high electromagnetic fields from old wiring whatever well they don't like that mm-hmm. you know and then all all of a sudden they're going to slander and badmouth us because the next team they have come in there is going to tell them what they want to hear right you know, so there's that side of it too. Like, well, this Rick and Steven took a $1,000 from us and they didn't do shit. Well, that's because shit wasn't there to be done, <laughs> you know? But the next team that goes in there is going to say, yeah, look at these orbs in your photos. And and yeah, that sound up, you see what I'm saying? So it's, I don't think you can ever regulate it. I don't think and, and until uh, it becomes a federal program I don't think there's a way to regulate it. There's a way to um, classify who can do this and who can't. And that's the biggest problem is there isn't a law or or some kind of certificate, real one or training or diploma or anything like that. Real again, real. You can buy these fake ones. Yes. But there isn't something that can say, "Okay, you were, quite." you know, like when you want to be a police officer you go and, and and you go to the police academy and you go through the training and you become a police officer. There's nothing like that for the field of paranormal research that would regulate the bullshit.
1: Yeah, but you know what? And, and, and there, there are websites though that can mm-hmm. do that paranormal community or, you know, go and learn from, you know, the Warrens or, you know, lloyd auerbach i personally i would rather i would actually sit underneath the tutelage of, of lloyd auerbach any day of the week but it's like there are websites that, that claim to give you certificates there are websites that claim to want to police this kind of thing and you know and i think it all goes back to the rugged individualism that we all seem to possess in this country all of us that it's like i'm not going to belong to anything like that they can't tell me what to do and you know, I I don't want somebody telling me how to um, do my research or do my investigations. I don't want somebody telling me that, oh, you know what, all psychics are phony and you shouldn't use psychics in your research and your investigation. Well, the history is behind me on that one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 there. Uh, but you know what I was thinking too is is like, you you do charge people, but is it you know, like the lawyers on television, we won't take money unless we actually win your case. So it's like we don't take money unless we actually find something. Is that honest? I mean, yeah,
0: that would be a way to do it, but again, who who uh who regulates that? who yeah. ju- who says this is something? You know, because everything, even like your UFO video, everything's mm-hmm. subjective. Everything is subjective, man, Thanks. you know, so it, it's, it's tough. I don't think the, there will ever be an answer. I, I I think there are some truly incredible minds out there exploring physics, you know, and alternate dimensions and, and this, that, and the other thing, extraterrestrial. Yes, I, you know, but until it gets mapped out and put in a textbook, I don't think we'll ever see it.
1: So I think we've come down to the conclusion with this, that, you know, writing books and getting paid for that, doing TV spots and getting paid for that, you know, making money on your YouTube page, that's okay too. But I I think there is like a little bit of disagreement on whether or not we should take money from clients. Like I said, you know, I'm not going to charge them. But if they're willing to give me a donation, yeah, I'm probably not going to say no.
0: Well, it's like this show, you know, if if we would ever get an opportunity, to to make money at it you know actual money like full-time money you mm-hmm. know no problem that's fantastic you know people like our show a uh, budget would make the show better we'd be able to do it every other day you know uh, so it's DIY yeah. yeah so i mean right now we we're on a no budget <laughs> so, <laughs> and we're doing fairly well
1: Yeah, I think so, too. You know, I mean, hopefully, who knows? Maybe someday somebody will email us and say, hey, we want to sponsor you and give you a shitload of money. But until that time, we're we're going to continue doing this for you for
0: free. Yes. Until that time, we're going to talk about people farting in bottles.
1: Mm, Yeah, exactly. I mean, now that right there, my friend, is a money maker. So I think we're going to do that. So. Here at the Shadow Initiative, we like to give, you know, some extra attention to those really bizarre stories that are really weird, but they don't exactly give the fair shake that they would get in, say, the mainstream media. Because by their very definition, they're too weird for that. This is one of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you remember, Stephen, we, we you know, something that I said on a previous show that we're like your... Um, Third, third grade classroom, only less mature. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the one that proves it. <laughs> it's all about farts today, ladies and gentlemen, and selling of those farts. So headline, and this comes from ATI, which uh, all that's interesting.com. So, I mean, this is like an actual uh, weird news site. So, and the headline is this how 90 Day Fiancé star Stephanie Motto ended up hospitalized. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie Motto, no fucking clue who she is, but a lot of people do. um, Hospitalized after eating too many beans to sell farts. Now, this is a cottage industry here, my friend. This is starting from the ground up. So Stephanie Motto sold her jarred flatulence for $1,000 a piece and has made over $200,000. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 200 large in her two-month venture while subsisting on a diet of yogurt, eggs, and beans, and ended up in the hospital when she thought she was having a heart attack. Now, Steven, in a former life before I got sick and I lost my leg, I worked with kids uh, kids who, you know, had troubles. And one day one of those kids came up to me and and he's like, Rick, how do I make a fart that smells so bad that it makes people pass out? Now, of course I laughed because, you know, I'm mature that way. And I have no idea, but apparently Stephanie Motto, she had, or Matto, whatever, she has found the key and, you know, wound up getting hospitalized for it. So I'm going to read this. And this is, this is amazing. Stephanie Motto is an influencer youtuber, author, and former star of TLC's 90 Day Fiance. So already there, I have no idea who this person is. Never heard of
0: her. I Never have no clue.
1: But a lot of people have. I mean obviously she's an influencer and she's been on reality TV, well reality TV, because you know reality is the only word in the English language that should always be used in quotes. But she recently launched a new business venture after realizing demand was high for a rather unorthodox product. This November, she found a lucrative part-time work bottling and selling her own farts until things went terribly wrong. Now, there is a picture of uh, Stephanie here that that is included in the article. And, you know, Stephen will show up. And, you know, I think it's pretty obvious why she's an influencer. She's one of the pretty people. Um, for two months, she spent her days farting into glass jars. Now, my son has done this. <laughs> He's farted in glass jars and kept it. You know, just like, hey, why not? It's funny. Um, into glass jars with flower petals, adorning the inside and shipping them to her fans. Remarkably, motto was making $50,000 per week in December through fart sales alone and eventually sold more than two hundred thousand dollars worth of farts worldwide throughout the adult website all filtered uh, you'll filtered. i have no idea but so here's here's the thing you know before i go with this any further until we get to the um meat of it shall i say um i don't see how you could catch a fart in a jar That <laughs> just doesn't make any sense to me Um, like I said, our our, our son has done it, you know, of course, because both my wife and I, we find farts hilarious, but it's like, I don't see how you could actually trap something like that in a jar. So, but in January, 2021 Mato was hospitalized for what she thought was a heart attack, but it turned out to be a dangerous buildup of gas inside her body from her flatulence inducing diet. And now. She sells her fart selling days are behind her. How Stephanie Motto from 90 Day Fiancé, again, have no idea what that is, turned to selling farts. Uh, She was born in December 1999 in Derby, Connecticut, yada, yada. Let's go on. Being cast in TLC's 90 Day Fiancé spinoff, 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 days, um that's really original in august 2017 with motto joining the cast in the fourth season the joe featured the show featured couples who met online but not yet in person and motto's romantic partner was an australian woman named erica owens although some cynical fans believe that she merely joined 90 day fiance to bolster her youtube channel of course motto did well on the show and gained an earnest fan base um, Whatever her motivations motto has nonetheless done well to use her recognition to further her fame and business endeavors. In addition to her 373,000 YouTube subscribers, presence on Instagram and TikTok, she has written books. Really? She wrote those books? Come on. She had nerds like us write those books for her. (laughs) And found the adult contact site unfiltered, which spurred another career entirely. After Stephanie Motto received a fan request on her new site for a jarred fart uh, for $1,000 in November, she realized there was money to be made. According to IFL Science, she has begun regularly satisfying these requests and even offering a discount during the holiday season. So maybe for $750, you too can own Stephanie Motto's farts for your holiday pleasure. At one point, she sold 97 jars in over two days. So, okay. Basically, I'm going to end it off here. In December 2020, Stephanie Motto told BuzzFeed, I think my main motivation was money, obviously. Clearly. Clearly. But I also thought it'd be a hilarious publicity stunt that would get a lot of people's attention. And it definitely worked. My own adult-friendly platform, I'm sure you're going to go looking this up after the show, Stephen. These past few months have made me aware of the different types of niches and markets that are out there. Um, Okay. So we're just going to, we're going to end it right there because there really isn't too much more to that. So um, according to science, you cannot trap flatulence. (laughs) I've looked it up. You can't really do flatulence. So I think what we have here is, is we have a money-making scheme by a person who is willing to do whatever it takes to make money and be famous. But I just want to say this. I am not the kind of, I, I am a person of choice, Stephen. I am not going to tell other people how to live their lives. And I'm not going to tell them how to spend their money. If you want to buy Stephanie Motto's farts, uh, she doesn't do it anymore because it almost fucking killed her. I, I know what you're thinking. Bummer, man.
0: <laughs> now you don't know what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is, Hmm. Maybe, maybe there's a market for ghost hunter
1: farts. Hmm. You know, yeah. this is how we could finance the show, Rick. So if there is anyone, this this is how we're going to prove that people listen to our show. Okay? Because right now I'm kind of skeptical. But um <laughs> there's like two people, probably your mom and my aunt. But um, so if you listen to our show and you want a jarred fart <laughs> from either myself or Steven, send us a message. Yes. Something on our, our Facebook group page that just says, yes, I want one of Steven's farts. <laughs> Please do it. I, I really want to know how many people actually listen to this show. Clearly, there's
0: a market for it. Clearly, you know.
1: I mean, I'd I'd even step it up.
0: I'd step it up and sell jar of jizz. Oh, jar jar of jizz, dude. You know, you know how many people out there buy that shit, dude.
1: You know what? Okay, I that that is a line that I'm just
0: not. No, no, we're talking news of the weird. You know, I'm looking at. See, you're not seeing the big picture, Rick. The big picture is. If I start selling jars of jizz, clearly I'm going to know the, the, where, where these jars are going. I'm going to have a shipping manifest. And my goal would be to have my jizz in every continent, every state. And I mean, who else can say that? Who else can say that my jizz has been
1: worldwide? You know, they have, have, you know, jizz, as you put it, jizz banks for that kind of thing. Fuck those banks. And and, and not only that, you also get- That's the middleman. That's the middleman. So, okay. So, you know, the the long and short of this is, in Stephen's case, the short, um, he is willing to sell you jars of jizz. Cool. But we also really want to know that you listen to the show. So if you listen to this show, drop us a line, put something on our Facebook group page, or even on Steven's page, my Facebook oh, page, yeah. whatever, <laughs> just saying, you know, for Steven, you know, yeah, I, I would like your chiz. Um, or on either one of our pages, yeah, give me some jerk farts, man. I'm down. Hey, See, we'll do you know, it. We,
0: we will do it.
1: For $1,000? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Shit, I'll send you two. I will send you two. And the, so it, but the two for one, is that like the, you know, like with Stephanie Motto, is that her Christmas special? So, I mean, sh- should there be like a hashtag? Hashtag ghost hunter jarred fart.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, you know, for me though, I'm going to change my diet or something. And, and I, I, there's going to be a shipping delay. There's going to be a shipping delay. I mean, with, I, I can't, I'm probably going to get overwhelmed with orders for the jar of jizz. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not 19 anymore. So three to five days and your order, <laughs> your order will get put in literally and shipped out.
1: I guess maybe it's, you know, time to get that prescription for uh, some Viagra. <laughs>
0: anyway so this has been a fantastic episode
1: yes we've talked about ghost hunter farts steven's jizz and uh man what oh yeah and making money uh, on this so i mean that basically hey everything so far ties in
0: yes it's all about how you can profit and make money to do what you love
1: that's really the message
0: here that's really the message
1: in jars for steven So basically, we just lost your mom, our only two listeners, your mom and my aunt.
0: (laughs) She's leaning over to my dad right now. You should hear what your son is talking about. He's disgusting.
1: Oh my God. See, I warned you, ladies and gentlemen, like I said before, and I'll say it again we are like your third grade class, only not quite as mature.
0: Awesome. So, where do we take this next? For those who have stuck around,
1: Long enough to learn about Steven's jizz and his uh, impending Viagra subscription or prescription.
0: Hey, man. How you know, I'm embracing old age. I'm embracing it.
1: Oh, yeah. Look at this, man. This is all gray. I plan on growing old and ugly with some dignity.
0: So speaking of gray, before you move on to probably something that's going to bore the shit out of me. Of you course. know, guys, I just want to call Rick out right here, live on the fucking show as long as long as rick and i have known each other i mean which is a very long time very long time okay i post a picture of myself because i'm on vacation (laughs) here i am with fucking rick but I'm, i'm on vacation this week you know just trying to take it easy watch my fucking cartoons Eating hot wings, you know, just really doing nothing productive.
1: Ready for farts and jizz. Uh,
0: you know, having conversations with my best buddy here about farts and jizz, which is just awesome. This is my life. But, okay, as long as he's known me, I post a picture of myself after I, I, I like, take my fingers and, and spike up my hair. And, like, I'm like, Sophie, you know, as a matter of fact, I'll put the picture on the screen. Rick, this entire fucking time,
1: this, this man.
0: <laughs> he thought I was bald.
1: You always wear hats, dude. Because yeah.
0: I'm either wearing a bandana, uh, a ball cap, or most importantly, because I know the ladies, think it, my fedora, yeah. you know,
1: this. That's this, not sell that shit, Steven.
0: You know, now this is something if somebody wants to offer me about $300,000 for, you know, this thing is 30 some years old. And it has seen a lot of farts and jizz.
1: So <laughs> only Christina knows for sure. <laughs> yes.
0: And she can be my testimonial on the website. She can be my testimonial. Um, but, you know, this motherfucker thought I was bald. I love the
1: picture that my wife.
0: <laughs> yeah. She posts Mickey Mouse taking his ears off and he's bald with a little comb over
1: I'm like, really? How long have we known each other? I was laughing so hard when I saw that. I thought I would. I'm I'm continuing to laugh to this day. Well, dude, you always wear a hat or you always wear a bandana. Uh, Well, whatever it is that you're wearing. Oh,
0: look, I'm looking all slick now. I'm looking like Malfoy.
1: (laughs) Fuck you, Potter. (laughs) Oh, there Um, we go. Um. Yeah. You know. Um. I will admit. I honestly thought that you were bald because if I remember correctly, there was a picture that you put on your page. This is awesome. A year, a year or two ago, where it was like you had no hair down the middle. You had like you know the Surrey with the fringe on top, right? So it's like I kind of just naturally. And oh, oh, wait, wait a minute. And with with the caption, the chicks dig it, which they don't. Um.
0: <laughs> that is fucked up
1: rick look you don't
0: know you don't know
1: i don't know what
0: dude i've got these chicks email me all the time inviting me to their little shows mm-hmm. you know i they i don't know it's like 4.99 a minute or something but they are sending me messages inviting me
1: oh i'm sure that they are and i'm and, I'm, and i bet there's those nubian princes that uh <laughs> you know, want to share with you their $300 million, whatever. But hey, as long as you provide a product for them, like your farts or your jizz, I'm sure that that newbie prince would pay up.
0: Well, you know, your little incident of not realizing that I'm 45 years old, nearly, and with a full head of hair, you know, that got me thinking though, you know, maybe the audience thinks I'm bald. So here you guys go. They do. There you folks go.
1: Full head of hair, starting to get some gray there. I'm jealous. It, I'm torn.
0: Um, I'm torn because I I I need to cut it because it's at that annoying stage.
1: True. But I also
0: miss my long hair, too. So it's like,
1: what do I do? So, Steven, you used to have the most amazing moments. I know. Oh my God. That, it, it, it was a mullet that just screamed, I am a Motley Crue fan, and I'm not afraid to admit it.
0: I am not. And, and, you know, my wife the other day, we're laying there on the couch, and she's like, I'm going to cut your hair because you're starting to get that mullet again. I was like, what the? Damn, she's even after me to cut it. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe right there. If I cut this today, Rick, Mm -hmm. how many strands of hair do you think is on my head? Five. Maybe five million. Okay,
1: hundred billion.
0: Maybe. Okay, so if I if I take this hair, that's what we'll sell, Rick. I will shave my head today, and put a strand of hair in little mason jars.
1: Now, does that come with the jizz and the fart, or Ooh, we could a-
0: do a combo package?
1: Yes, you could do like this whole DNA thing. There's going to be like little Stevens out there walking around.
0: There probably already is. <laughs> that's, that's the scary part. I, you know, I, I, I kind of lived like Motley Crue 20 years ago, so there's a good chance. Uh, anyway, so moving on, Rick, what do we got, man? Are we going to uh, Ghostwatch?
1: No, actually, we will end it with Ghostwatch. Thank God. I know. you get so. I know how much you love it. So, but, okay, so Creature of the Week. Now, here at Creature of the Week, we like to bring you the weird, the bizarre, the um, seemingly unspeakable monsters that haunt our nightmares. And we bring them here to you on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talking.
0: And no, we're not talking about Rick.
1: No, we're not talking about me, or we're not talking about the uh, bizarre homunculuses that Stephen can build with his hair and his jizz and his farts. Um <laughs> So here on Creature of the Week, we're going, to, we're going to take a look at a creature that is not, that has been kind of sort of seen, but not really seen as much as it is heard. And for that, we have to travel to the Ozarks. Now, Stephen, you and I, we've both been all over the country. I mean, I have been to the Rockies. I've been to the Smokies. I've been to the Appalachians. Um, this week, we're gonna go visit my aunt down in Virginia. You can walk out on her front porch, boom, there's the Blue Ridge Mountains. They're beautiful, right? Yes, they are. But there is, I, I, by the way, I love Appalachia. I think that that entire area of the country is just fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I love mountains, although I'm like terrified of heights, but there is one mountain range that I've been through that kind of scares me a little bit because it seems to be really dark and not as inviting as, say, other mountain ranges And that's the Ozarks. Uh, There's just something that is gothic about the Ozarks to me. And the Ozarks have been home to, uh, for example, Momo, the Missouri monster, which is like their version of Bigfoot. But they also have another monster that haunts the Ozarks, and that is the creature that is known as the Ozark Howler. Have you heard of this one? Yes. Now, I had heard of the Ozark Howler for the first time watching an episode of these woods are haunted on discovery plus
0: oh, i'm sorry was i interrupting you
1: i you that's what i sound like getting out of bed okay are you done there? wait wait a minute why did you change
0: because the speedway only had coffee stirrers oh god damn it speedway i know <laughs> But this, folks, not not to interrupt you, but this will, you know what? Since I buy so many of these, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the third one today. I can use these for the jar of
1: Then there's going to be pop in there.
0: And it'll say, big (laughs) gold.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, I am amazing. Anyways, go on. Go on. Let's go back to the Ozarks phenomenal so in the Ozarks there like I said there is the there's Momo the Missouri monster but there is also another one called the Ozark Howler and like I said I've never even heard of this one um until I was watching an episode of These Woods Are Haunted on Discovery Plus it was like you know nothing else better to do and I didn't really feel like writing so I decided to take this show and now the Ozark Howler is one of the more bizarre cryptids so it is something in Arkansas folklore and it's a legendary creature that is said to live in the Ozarks, obviously. Now, it has been seen a little bit, but not really so much as, as heard. When, it's, when it howls, it's like this bizarre howl and growl. And it's really difficult to, uh, to describe. But people say that this is something that should not be there that this is not not like you know like they have bears in the ozarks they have coyotes in the ozarks but this is something that just should not be there at all so it has been described as being sort of bear-like in shape but dog looking Mm -hmm. as well
0: that's what i was about to say
1: yeah a giant bear type dog um it has a shaggy coat and horns that grow out of its head so in December of 2015, the Arkansas television station, uh, 4029 News reported that it received photographs. And, and if you want to throw up these photographs on, um, you know, we'll let people make the judgment for themselves. Um, purported the images of the creature from a viewer. The station contacted the, M- the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, which is something you should always do whenever you, you know, think that you see something weird in the woods. Um, They responded that they had heard of no claims or sightings of this creature and said that the images sent to the station were a hoax. Call records to the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission during the fall of 2014 include a reported sighting of an animal in Benton County, Arkansas. In October 2014, a recorded emergency call received by AGFC, I don't know what that is, indicates a motorist nearly collided with an unidentified mammal. The recorded phone conversation indicates that armed state wildlife officers may have been dispatched to to investigate what reports describe as a bear-sized, gray, fast-running animal on Pump Station Road in Springdale. So this is something that has been seen. Um, Of course, the the photographs that we showed you, which were given to this news station, they are Um, questionable at best, but again, this is, this is an animal in folklore of that area. Um, there, there's a lot of bizarre creatures that have, you know, the, the native American, uh, population has, you know, said that, yeah, we do believe that these things exist. Like Momo, for example, is one that has been part of, you know, native American folklore for generations, hundreds of thousands of years or whatever, but this one is fairly new, and I've looked online, and the only I've only ever been able the only sound that I ever heard came from this television show, and it is something that is truly bizarre and bone chilling to hear. I mean, you know, Stephen, what what do you think? I mean, a a bear like dog with horns growing out of it. Do you think that this is something that is completely hoaxed? Do you think that this is a cryptid? Or an animal that has yet to be identified by science? I think,
0: you know, in all honesty, um, I think it's fabricated. Uh, when, when you consider genetics and the reason uh, <laughs> the reason for certain DNA strands like, OK, a deer has horns because it does not have hands and it does not have canines you know doesn't have sharp teeth so it uses its horns a goat uses its horns uh for defense you know for uh moving things around what whatever a dog has a defense a bear has a defense its claws its mouth you know this just reminds me you know when you sent it to me the very first thing i thought of was the jackalope
1: yes i mean you sure know that more than the ozark Howler, but that's just me
0: you know, so it's like it's so easy, especially when we're talking about photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so easy to to build something and then take a photo of it and make it appear like this was something living and breathing in front of me, you know, and especially in this day and age, man, again, these excuses with the crappy photos, I mean, not that these photos are crappy, but, you know, like with Bigfoot and all this, I mean, everybody's walking around with a decent cell phone. Even a crappy cell phone yeah. is, is going to do better justice than than these photos that keep keep popping up, man. It, it, I, I don't know. I look at it as, yeah, they took a legend and kind of ran with it to get their 15 minutes of fame. That That's my opinion. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, either this creature is real, which more than likely not, but what could possibly be making this noise that people hear? Um, it could be a bear in distress or another animal in distress, or it could be the noise of Stephen and his uh, jizz cottage industry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to hear the sounds that come out of that. No,
1: they really don't. But yeah, and... In, in, The pictures that they sent, I mean, it kind of sort of looks like my dog, but with horns growing out of it, it's just, it's not convincing. And like you said, you know, we have all these, we we have cameras, um, you know, my my phone takes as just as good a picture as my DSLR camera does, my Canon. You know, you would think that by now you would have something that is far more convincing, but- is it the, is it that we have are so e are so ready to dismiss most of the pictures that even the ones that are like, holy shit, this may actually be convincing and real, do we are we so dismissive of everything else that we're just like fuck it, you know, throw it. it. could be.
0: It could be. I mean, I uh,
1: the
0: older I get, the more skeptical I get. You know, and and especially with with the knowledge I have in in, in video and in audio and even photography production manipulation, all that stuff, um, I don't know. And again, you take uh, the majority of these legends, the 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 majority of the origins of these creatures, right. and you're looking at the source was centuries ago you know people didn't again we go back to what they did to the women they thought were witches you know this was the mentality of man this was the mentality of the human race you know who, who's the, and and i'm not one hundred percent i'm not disparaging the the native american culture because my wife's Native american but drugs are a huge part of their culture mm-hmm. so when they're saying that they're seeing uh these creatures you know shapeshifters or or or, you know your guy there or or whatever it's you have to ask yourself you know was that peyote (laughs) you know there's you got to look at the origins of these stories there's not there's not a lot that is new i guess you know there's not a lot that's new or recent it's the same old monsters being regurgitated
1: well, you know, I think there's something else also to take into consideration with this is the fossil record. Does mm-hmm. a creature like this appear in the fossil record? Um, A creature like Bigfoot appears in the fossil record, Gigantopithecus, we all know that, you know, and I, he may, may very well be the missing link between ape and man, who knows, but something like this, it's not really in the fossil record.
0: And again, you know, from a biological standpoint, it just doesn't, it's its design doesn't seem logical. Right. You know, if you're going to create something, put some science behind it. <laughs> put some science behind it that'll have people scratching their head, you know. But it's it's an interesting topic to discuss anyway. But I, I don't know. I, I, I love cryptozoology, and, and I certainly think there is a lot of truth to some of it. Um, be, just because look, look at reality, we we discover new species every day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's yeah. the truth. So something yesterday we didn't think exist, they just found today. You know, so it's certainly and, and of course nature has a a, a weird way with things, it, mutations, and and that's not counting man made experiments and mutations like like Montauk, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, what kind of weird shit came out of there? That's Stranger Things right out the gate.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's what I think they've actually said that Stranger Things is based off the Montauk uh, exper- experiments, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, yeah. So Ozark Hower, Jerry's still out until, of course, somebody decides to uh, kill it and grill it and <laughs> and offer it to science. So, uh, with that being said, um. Let's move on to, I know your favorite. I know you like to nap to it. Ghost well,
0: watch. I got a pee, so that works out. You can do your little ghost watch thing. Okay. And, you, you go know. take
1: your pee. But, but we Now, if you take one of those cups, we know it's not really for <laughs> pee. Well, do you think I can fill this cup with my pee? We
0: mm-hmm. can put this to the test right now on Shadow Initiative. You know what? I'm willing to wait. You're willing to wait? You want me to go fill this with my pee? Is that what you're saying? Put your money where your mouth is, homie. All right. I'll be right back. Now, you okay. better entertain people while
1: I'm gone. Okay, no, I'm I'm going to do Ghostwatch. <laughs> <laughs> he means business, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. You saw it and heard it here first. On the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV, with your hosts and ghost, uh, ghost hunters and authors, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And while Stephen is taking this uh, tremendous pee, <laughs> belief in the fairy folk of legend and lore still runs deep in many parts of the United Kingdom including Greater Manchester and its beautiful Tudor home, Bramall Hall. I'm Rick Hale, and this is Ghostwatch. According to legend, the grade one listed Tudor-style house is not in the spot where the builders had intended over six centuries earlier. Night after night, not long after the sun dipped below the horizon, the little people moved the foundations of Bramall Hall stone by stone. The builders became too exasperated by the intrusion of the little people. They decided to just finish the house where the fairy wanted it. It has been many, many years since a fairy has been seen around Brammel Hall. However, fairies aren't the only supernatural beings to be found at Brammel. This ancient building has many ghosts, making it an exceptionally haunted house and an exceptionally frightening place. After a more historically accepted story of how Bramall Hall came to be, the home can trace its beginning to Anglo-Saxon England. The home was mentioned in the Doomsday Book of 1086 CE, when the powerful Massey family was lords of the manor. When the Masseys left, the home fell into possession of the Davenport family, who built the lavish house we see today. When the Davenports could no longer manage the house, they sold it to the Manchester Freeholders' Company along with its 50 acres of land. The 20th century saw a few different owners. First were the wealthy industrialist industrialist Nevels, and later, John Henry Davies, a brewer and owner of the football team Newton Heath. These days, you know them as the widely popular Manchester United. Finally, in 1974, Bramall Hall ended its long streak of private ownership when it was purchased by the Stockport Metropolitan Borough Council when the SMBC acquired the sprawling house a, a spokesperson had this to say, the most prestigious and historically significant building in the conservation area. If you were to visit Bramwell Hall, you would more than likely agree with that sentiment. And the feature that really drives its historical significance home, Bramwell Hall, is very haunted. The first ghost we'll take a look at in this historic home is the apparition known as the Red Rider. No one can say with any certainty who this writer was in life, but as the story goes, a horseman clad in a scarlet cape paid a visit to Bramwell Hall sometime in the 1630s. The master of the house at that time was William Davenport, a generous man who could never turn away a person in need. To him, such a thing would be unthinkable. Sadly, this reputation of kindness was spit on when, after providing the red-clad stranger a meal, he attacked and murdered his host. With the act done, the red rider mounted his horse and was never seen again. Well, not in the physical sense, anyway. Since that treacherous betrayal of his lordship's good nature, the ghostly form of the red rider is seen on New Year's Eve riding his horse at breakneck speed with his red cape flapping behind him. When he reaches the house, he vanishes only to make his appearance again the following year. An old song about Bramwell Hall mentions a ghost that has haunted the house for centuries, Alice, or the Maid of Bramwell Hall. In the song, Alice was earnestly awaiting the love of her life who was supposed to return from a trip to Spain. Suddenly, Alice's heart leaped in her chest when she could hear a galloping horse approaching the house. When she threw open the door, her hopes came crashing down when only the horse could be seen. Her lover was nowhere to be found. Her hope was shattered even further when she learned that her lover's battered body was found in Macclesfield Woods. It would seem he was ambushed by a group of cutthroat highwaymen who beat him, robbed him, and left him for dead. Completely devastated by the news, Alice shut herself up in her room where she eventually perished from a broken heart. Visitors to the hall have reported encountering the grief-stricken apparition of Alice as she moves through the house, forever grieving the loss of her love. At night, her wails of anguish can be heard echoing throughout an otherwise quiet house. A room in Bramwell Hall is believed to be so terribly haunted that it earned the nickname The Ghost Room. It is believed to be haunted by Dame Dorothy Davenport, wife of William, the man who met his fate at the hands of the Red Rider. People who have stayed in the room have reported a plethora of supernatural activity. The sounds of rustling skirts are heard on the floor, followed by an intense cold that chills people to the bone. Several visitors have felt a soft, feminine touch on their arms, while at least one unwitting visitor heard a woman's voice call out, Hello. He, of course, was alone at the time. The shadowy figure of a woman has been seen witnessed walking slowly through the plaster room. The curious onlooker watches as she walks through the wall emerging in the withdrawing room next door. Since being bought by the council, Bramwell Hall operates as a museum. You could take tours of the house and learn all about the history of this much-loved home. If it's the outdoors you crave, you can explore the grounds known as Bramwell Park and wander through the adjacent woods. Whether or not it's ghosts you seek, a visit to this lovely Tudor-style house is well worth the visit and can be a Enjoyed by all. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Now, before you say anything, when you returned and put that cup on your desk, out of the corner of my eye, it looked like you took a sip from it, but it was actually for the other. I was like, "Whoa, what is this guy? Uh, what's steven into for real, man?" So, okay, let's have it. I failed. I failed. Uh... Yeah, surprised.
0: Uh, this, this is what I got here. That's the, le- ah, ah, this oh, is the, this is the level
1: You at least wash your hands, man.
0: This is the level here. So I didn't quite make it half. So I can probably knock about $500 off of this one. Um. <laughs> just, just because, you know, it wasn't the, the full thing. Oh man.
1: I tell you what, that is respectable though.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, it was just from the little bit of sitting here with you, you know, now if I'd have kept it going, I I could have, I could have really done something.
1: Yeah. So yeah, with that, with, (laughs) oh my God, I can't believe we just did this on this show, but you know, Hey, it's the shadow initiative. You never know what to expect, but you saw it here folks on the shadow initiative, paranormal talk in TV, Stephen's big gulp of pee.
0: And if you folks out there who are listening to the podcast or watching the show on YouTube, if you would like to purchase this Big Gulp, please inquire and uh, we can start the bidding.
1: Mm, yes. Um, okay. So, hey, with that being said, um, great show, Stephen, if it kind of ended on, a, even if it was probably quite possibly one of our most immature <laughs> shows
0: hey look you know nobody there is nobody out there that can honestly say there is a paranormal show like us
1: no you know
0: you get the serious paranormal talk you get to to see and hear evidence of the paranormal from our investigations you get a ton of comedy we keep it interesting you know, so when we when we keep seeing those likes on our Facebook page and keep seeing the subscribers list go up. All I can say is you guys,
1: you're in. <laughs> Thank you. And like and like we said, you're in. We, right. Did we get it? there. Yeah, no, I, I saw what you did there. Okay. Um, but like we said before, we want to know that you that you we have like actual people like real people and not just bots or cryptids or ghosts who listen to our show, but real flesh and blood people. Um, Let us know, you know, we want to know, put on our page, put on our Facebook page, email us. Stephen will give that email. Let us know. Yes. We want Stephen's farts or jizz or whatever it is in that cup.
0: Or if you are now going to stop listening to the show, Let us know. Let us know. Like, hey, I used to be a big fan. Been there since the beginning, but then you guys derailed.
1: <laughs> we we have officially crossed over into the shock jock genre. I guess. Yeah. You know yeah.
0: Okay. Well, fantastic show, guys. Uh, cha- <laughs> I don't even know where to are go. Are
1: you not entertained?
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you not entertained? So. ShadowInitiativeTV.com. You can watch our podcast. You can listen to our podcast anywhere podcasts are available. And we do a lot of paranormal talk and all that cool stuff on Facebook. We've got two two pages there. We've got our Facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. And from there, that would lead you to our Shadow Initiative group where we, or Rick mainly, is always posting interesting things for people to discuss.
1: Yeah, I try to keep it, you know, as as entertaining and as educational as possible.
0: Yes. All right. So until next time, I guess uh, we're out like a boner in sweatpants.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) We are now number six. (laughs) Hey, this may have taken us to the top. You don't know. Don't judge yet. (laughs) But hey, you know, there's one other thing that we also need to um, cover here. Uh, We want your stories. We want to hear about your um, encounters with the unknown. We want to hear about your dealings with ghosts, cryptids, uh, psychic uh, manifestations or abilities, you know, aliens, whatever. And we want you to send it here to us. And we will read this on the air. And if your story is compelling enough, we may even have you on. Um, that is, of course, if you're still listening after today's sh- show. Um, Steven, why don't you tell people where they can send those stories to?
0: Fantastic. You can send those stories to talk at gmail.com or you can hit us up directly uh through facebook or on our facebook page facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative just say hey guys i've got a wicked story i'd like to share with you and we'll go from
1: there there you have it folks um so yeah hey to recap interesting and yet disturbing show and uh hey thanks a lot steven and uh thank you to our shadow community and out there in paranormal land um have a good week and uh, we'll see you soon peace out